you to put your hands together. Give a warm welcome to the ministry gift of Dr. Bill Winston. Amen. Amen. While you're still standing, let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for this awesome church. Thank you for the anointing that's on this ministry. Thank you for the anointing on me and these slips of clay that I speak this word with excellence, accuracy, and boldness, asking you to think through my mind, speak through my lips, and this word shall come forth unhindered, unchecked by any outside force. Now, Father, we fully expect signs, wonders, and miracles confirming the word preached and let no one leave here as they came. Now we thank you for it and give you all the praise in the wonderful, majestic name of Jesus. Can somebody shout amen? amen. Take a seat, please. Flow, flow, okay, amen. All right, I used to give away money at that point, but I, I stopped. Well, Praise the Lord, saints. So glad to be here and be in the house that God built. Praise God. And uh, let's give your pastor and the first lady a hand clap. Could you do that? Says the work that they're doing. Amen. I, uh, I really uh, am... I mean, I can see what God is doing. I mean, he, this is the same way that we started. My wife and I started, and uh, we started in the YMCA, though, and then went to a bigger YMCA, and that was in Minnesota. We were both with IBM at that time. And then God sent me out the ORU to seminary down there in graduate school, and then we came back and started in Chicago, which we started in a little storefront church it held about 25 to 30 people. And then we have grown to thousands since then. We have offices here in Canada, in um, uh, South Africa, a big office in South Africa, and now about to open another one in Australia. And God has taken us all over the world. We, uh, the Bible says don't despise small beginnings. And though your beginnings be small, your latter end shall greatly increase. How many on the increase in here? How many expected? <laughs> Amen. Well, I have uh, some time with you, and um, I want I to I give you as much as I can in one dose. Uh, I call it a drive-by. <laughs> and um, we, I, I just feel that there are some things here that God wants me to, I'm going to give you this to you, Eric. There's some things here that God wants me to, uh, to share with you because I can see you're a church on the move. And, uh, and you can handle what I'm about to say. Praise God. Um, I, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing here what God is doing some pretty, pretty, um, big things uh, through his church in this, this last hour. I think um, I'm preaching now that there are going to be some 
some things coming in 2018 and 19 that haven't come before. And uh, so you're right in the right place. Somebody said, get under the spout where the blessings come out, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Now, I'm going to talk tonight about <clears throat> releasing faith in the anointing. And um, I really want you, if you don't have a Bible, to make sure you uh, get the tape or, or CD or something, because what I'm going to give you is, is, is from, the, from the throne of God. It's something that God has me now imparting to his church because there's work to do, and we're the group that he's got to have to do it. Say amen to that. Amen. All right, let's start. Let's go over. There's a couple of places I want to go because I'm dividing this kind of into two pieces. Um, let's go over to Romans first, in Romans chapter 1. Over in Romans chapter 1, it's written starting here, and you're familiar with some of these scriptures, but I'll go over them anyway. Verse 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation unto everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also unto the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. <clears throat> now, what does that mean? The just shall live by faith. It means that faith is the way believers get things done. Okay, I can, I can see where you are. Let me, let me, come, let me come down a little bit. <clears throat> faith is the way that believers get things done. Um, <clears throat> faith is the only thing that Satan cannot stop. Many times people think that the devil is after them. No, no. He's after your faith. When you leave this meeting tonight, hold on to your faith. The Bible says when the word is sown, its enemy comes immediately to steal that word. Why? Because that word roots, it'll develop faith. So I'm going to give you some things tonight. But I'm going to give them to you by faith. And the Bible says, and this is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. He talks about, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things that are made, not made were not made for things that do appear. So by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. By faith we understand. Not by human reason. So what I'm going to give you tonight, you have to receive how. All right? Let's, let's try you out. Yeah. 
We started the Joseph Business Center, Joseph Business School, JBS. It's fully accredited. It's now in five continents. It has uh, 21 schools. We're about to open up the whole new part of that school for the Spanish-speaking community and Portuguese. Now, <clears throat> that came to me by faith. God gave me a scripture, Isaiah 48, 17, I am the Lord thy God, uh, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, that teaches thee the prophet, lead thee by the way that thou should go. So boom, that scripture came into me, and I received it by faith. And God said to me, speaking about business schools. So I got the idea, I told two of my people, the, the members of the church, uh, Dolores and, and, and Ray, I said, hey, I said, um, I want you to go away and, and, and here's the idea, a business school for Christians that teaches based on Christian principles, ta 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 And I said, I'd like you to come back and tell me how long it'll take for us to get that school running. And they went away and they came back and they said it'll take one to two years for us to get it up. I said, let me go pray. So I go to pray and God speaks to me, and I receive it how? By faith. You got to keep saying this now. This is where it won't take you. God said it'll take two months. Now, this is the worldwide accredited school with one of the finest accrediting agencies in the country. And I've got two people. One, she's from Harvard. He's from University of Chicago, both MBAs. And I got two of the finest degreed people in our ministry, in terms of business. And I send them away, and they came back with one to two years. Now notice what they did. They used human reason. They used what they had been taught in the education school system of the day. But God said it's going to take two months. Which one of those do you think I took? All right. <laughs> Now, I'm about to tell you something, and I don't want you to go out here and ask Big Mama what you think about what I just told you. You got it? Because what I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you by faith. Look over here in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Let me put something right there because I think I might come back. <clears throat> So in Romans chapter 10, I'll start reading at verse 6. And he said, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thy heart, Who shall descend into, the, into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the what? Word of faith, which what? We preach. So Paul preached the word of faith. He preached heaven's solutions and heaven's reality. Didn't care what people thought about it. And God confirmed the word that he preached. But he preached it by faith. And for you to receive it, you've got to receive it by faith. Let me go further. So I go now, we're tripping around the world. And we're now in Sri Lanka. That was down in the lower part, right south of India, in this, uh, a country, Sri Lanka. 
And so we're there, so they were honoring me at that place. I mean, they marched in, they had bands and so forth, and they had service starting at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I thought, 4 o'clock in the morning, okay, man, I guess people are trying to get this thing in before they go to work, you know, and so forth. <laughs> so they said, you're up, Pastor, you're up at 7 to preach. So I came in about 6.30. You couldn't hardly get to the place. People were everywhere. Couldn't hardly get there. So we had, you know, the people ushered us up in the car, and we got there and so forth. So when we got there, they marched down the aisle and so forth and set me in a big chair. I sat in a big chair. Well, it's a big place. And, and I was sitting right there, and another preacher, bishop was introducing me, who was a bishop, bishop over a lot of the, the, the pastors there. And he said this. <clears throat> when a person gets born again, They should be a millionaire within nine months. And if they're not, something's wrong with them or something's wrong with the preacher. I said, Lord Jesus. How do you think I took that? You got to say by faith. I said, that's God. That's going to challenge me. So what I do? I took it first. And now I took it at face value. Not fake news. Face value. <laughs> okay? I took it. And that's all the way he's telling you to take it. Just take it what I said. If I said you are healed, yes, I don't care what you feel. You take what I said. Truth is the highest realm of reality. Now, same thing that happened when the 12 spies came back and spying out the land of Canaan. They came back. Ten of them gave what kind of report? An evil report. They said, we can't take it. Giants in the land. Walls are so high we can't get around them. Whatever, over them, whatever. Two of them said this. Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. And then the others start saying, wait a minute. We're in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so will we in their sight. Two different opinions. One of them was true. The other one was a fact. Which one are you going to take? The truth. You shall know the truth and what will it do to you? Make you free. So notice, these two people were the only ones that took it by faith. The others were in something called unbelief. So the first thing that happens when you come into a church is that the pastor's responsibility is to teach you to, 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 to drive out unbelief. Yes. <laughs> to, 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 <laughs> to drive out unbelief. Yeah, we all come into the kingdom with, with ungodly thought patterns. We got to get our minds right. Yes. 
See, when Adam fell, he lost his mind. He went from being an employee, no, an employer to employee. Matter of fact, he got unemployed. Sad situation. Satan took this thing over, and he's been putting unbelief out there ever since. So the enemy wants to create the environment for unbelief. So he tries to do things to make sure that the word of God is not going forth. Get those Bibles out of that school. And then he comes up with a system that judges unjustly and makes it legal to keep Bibles out of schools. But that's why I'm writing a book called Your Day of Justice. And it's going to show you how to get them Bibles back where they're supposed to be. Why? Why? Because this is not Satan's earth. Look what it says here. In Matthew chapter, I was speaking to Pastor about this. It's, it's really jumped out at me this time. Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 16 and verse 19. I don't know whether you have scriptures. Oh, here it is. Yeah. And I will say, oh, here, I've got it here. Just a minute. <clears throat> and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Let's put that up there in the Amplified. Do you have your Amplified translation of that, Pastor? Okay. You have that? Okay. Amplified translation. Let's just look at what it says. Okay. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> and whatsoever you bind, declare to be un improper and unlawful on the earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose, mm -hmm, yet loose in heaven, whatsoever you shall loose. Uh, let's see, where, 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 this thing, you flipped it. Okay, you got it 29. <laughs> must be already, okay, loosed in heaven. All right, you flipped it. And I couldn't see it. Okay, but anyway, my point to you is, is that you are the ones in authority. And what ensures your authority is faith. Because <clears throat> you can release words and, 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 and glory to God, and Satan cannot oppose it. <clears throat> you, you can say things that Satan can't stop from coming to pass. And I'm just saying this, this is the church. I mean, we, the church, the church should be the biggest landowners in every city. Somebody said, well, why does everybody want to be a millionaire? I mean, I don't need to be a millionaire. Okay, all right. You don't know what you've been called to do. The first thing you've been called to be is an attraction. Now, let me, just, let me, let me clarify that. What, see, one of the issues out there today is immigration. Am I right about that? Okay. Now, why is it an issue? Because people are trying to get into this country. 
Why? Because it's it's prosperous. Because it has riches. It has opportunities. It has money, denarii, moolah. It is not poor. Nobody wants to immigrate voluntarily to a poor country. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. Nobody. Nobody. The kingdom of God is what you represent. Say amen to this. You are called by the scriptures an ambassador for Christ. You're a rep- whether you know it or not, you are a nation. Come on now. See, this, I, I'm going I'm to stay right here because I'm not going to move yet. Oh, it's a God. People call themselves a nation. Um, the, um, the, Oh, Jesus. How much can I say to y'all? I don't know how much I can say. Yes, I look like uh, God calls the church a holy nation. You are a nation. And, 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 and you represent a kingdom. That when you're sent somewhere, wherever your feet tread becomes your jurisdiction. If, if you remember, there were two people when Jesus was on his last days and, and being tried. That was Pilate and Herod. And remember, both of them had jurisdictions. Now, where did both of them report to? They reported to Rome. Well, who was the head over Rome? Caesar. So Caesar was the one over everything. And then all of these people, whether they be um, uh, uh, rulers, whatever they are called, they were over jurisdictions. It, it's like, it was like the Senate that meets in Washington. And all of a sudden, the senators come together. But once the, the time is over, they go back out into their own jurisdictions. But what they do is they make laws in Washington and then come back out to their jurisdiction and they enforce the laws that were made in Washington. Well, the same thing about Rome. Rome made the law, but they sent out all of these people who were over jurisdictions and they gave them military might that they would bring all the people subject to the laws of Rome. Say amen. Well, Jesus is the king of kings. And, and see, he's meeting with his kings, and then they, they make the law, they get the laws, and then you go back out into your jurisdiction, and everything that is in your jurisdiction must come in line with the laws of the king. Now, this is kingdom, and, and unless you understand kingdom, you don't really understand that Bible. Because it's a paradigm shift. 
And, and so a lot of times what happens is people don't understand what they have just got born into. So they don't realize the kingdom. And next thing you know, they're trying to get in there and have their own way. Well, there is not but one way in the kingdom, and that's the way of the king. Say amen. He's got the word of the kingdom. And so you have to come under that. He said, love your neighbor. He didn't ask you, love them if you like to love them. He said, love them. Didn't, didn't he say that? All right. Now, in other words, he said, pray for those in authority. Didn't he say that? He didn't ask you whether you like Trump. He is not asking you that one time. Now, you can get mad at me if you want. I got my jet out there and I'll be out of here. But he didn't ask you one time whether you liked him. And the reason why you got an opinion, because you don't know the king. If you know the king, you know you don't have an opinion. But you're used to democracy where you can put up a sign and you can protest. You can't protest in the kingdom. Ain't no protesting in the kingdom. There ain't but one king and his name is Jesus. And everything he says is law right here in this earth. Are y'all with me? Now, when you understand that, faith will work. The Bible says, resist the devil and what will he do? He'll flee from you. But it first says, draw not to God. That means come under the king. If you don't come under the king, there ain't no anointing to get rid of the devil. Husbands, do what to your wives? Love your wife. Didn't ask you what you thought about loving them. Said, love that woman. Say amen. Y'all didn't know I was going to come this. I, I, that's an apostolic anointing on my life. Okay, so my point to you is I'm setting you up for faith because faith demands that God be your only source. And so I'm getting you ready for that so your faith will work anytime you speak, something's going to come to pass. All right, let me go. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Okay. Hallelujah. Let's go over here. We're still in chapter 10. And let's go over here in verse 12. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is over a rich unto all that call upon him. Another scripture in that is found in Acts, Acts chapter 10, verse 34. He talks about, and Peter stood up and said, um, you know, I perceive that God is no respect of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him, has the same access to his blessing. So God is no respect of persons. Say God is no respect of persons. All right, because some folk think he like white folk better than he like black folks. Come on now. I, I'm just, I'm going to deal with you where you're coming from. Now, I go over in Africa and I start talking about, well, he, they, they say, you, you know, you can have a jet and all that. You're from America. I say, God ain't from America. God is not from America. I better come over here. God is not from America. He is got the same faith in me that he's got in you. What got that jet was faith. What's getting your building is faith. And if you don't have some, you better go to get somebody to get some. Because it's the only thing Satan cannot stop. Isn't this good? No, he's no respect of persons. 
And what happens is we don't want to sometimes use our faith. But God takes us, as you read in Romans chapter 1, from faith to what? To faith. So he is going to make sure that you and I walk or develop our faith. How do I know that? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Look up the word finisher, you'll see, means developer. Means developer. This man said, <laughs> yeah, this, this calf, he's brought up on a farm, brought this calf, and this calf, something happened to the cow, and the calf, they had to feed the calf through the bottle. And so now this calf is growing, 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 and it's, and, and pretty soon somebody came back who had been gone for a while, and, and this calf got big now, and they're still feeding this calf out of the bottle. And they said, you still feeding this calf out of a bottle? When, when are you going to wean this thing? This is a cow. <laughs> Isn't that something? But what happens when you try to wean a baby off a bottle sometimes? They start crying. Let me tell you, it is the pastor's job to wean you. One more time. I'm going to help you now. I'm going to help you. It is the pastor's job to wean you. Here is Jesus. Well, let's go, let's go look at it. Let's, Lord have mercy. Put something at Romans chapter 10. This is a good crowd here because y'all just pulling stuff out of me. Let's, let me try it again. Y'all just pulling stuff out of me. Praise the Lord. Um, let's go to Matthew chapter, chapter 14, but put something right there and we'll come back there. Matthew chapter 14. All right, Matthew chapter 14. Look what he, look what he says. I'll start reading here at verse uh, 15. And when it, when it was evening, his disciples came to him and saying, this is the desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. And Jesus said unto them, they don't need to go anywhere. You feed them. You give them something to eat. And they said unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, well, bring them to me. Now, I'll talk about this in second part, because i got to talk about the anointing. But notice what he did. They wanted to send a multitude away. And what did Jesus say? You don't need to send them anywhere. You feed them. Now, he didn't have the natural, they didn't have the natural resources there in the, in the natural to feed them. They didn't have them there. They weren't there. So what were they going to have to use? They're going to have to use faith. They're going to have to use faith. He knew it. But he wasn't keeping that bottle in their mouth. He was pulling it out. And don't come in here and think that Jesus is going to keep the bottle in your mouth. Is this the right bunch? I'm, I'm going all the way now. I know y'all thought I was going to come in and just jump around. Hallelujah. No, we're going to teach tonight. Because this is a drive-by. When I get out of here, you're going to be changed. I said, when I leave here, you're going to be changed. Wherever you were before I came, you're not going to be that same place. Thank God for you, Pastor. He's been doing a great job with you. But I'm telling you, I came, I came to, yeah, this is a stick-up. All right, now, let's go back to Romans again. Romans chapter, uh, chapter 10. Look at verse uh, 
13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they've not believed? Well, how can they believe on him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Well, how shall he preach except he be sent? Bill Winston's been sent. Verse 17, so then faith cometh how? By hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. All right. The way that you're going to believe is because of a preacher. I'm going to preach it to you. And you're going to say, I receive that. Now, you take it and you meditate it. And what you receive soon becomes revelation. Lord have mercy. Come on now. It becomes revelation. Now, revelation makes you a revolutionary. <laughs> if you're at a level and something's been working for you in church but now it doesn't seem to be working anymore it's because the bottle just been moved up or let me say it another way it's because, it's because you need more revelation All right, I want to show you something. Look at 2 Kings and chapter 18, please. Now remember what Jesus said, man shall not live by what? Bread alone, but by what? Every word that's out of the mouth, proceeds out of the mouth of God. Notice what he said also. Glory to God. Man, I got all these places I'm trying to hold. Notice what he said also. Man shall not live by bread alone. Come on, come on, Christians. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. All right, watch this. This is Hezekiah now. And now he's taken over as king and so forth. Look at verse 4. He removed the high places and break in the images and cut down the groves, and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses has made. For until those, unto those days, the children of Israel did burn incense to it, and he called it Nashustan, which I have in my Bible means a piece of brass. Now what is it saying? He used that same pole and he wrapped a snake on it in Numbers chapter 21 and verse 9 and said anyone that looks on this pole or this cross, how many of you have ever seen a snake wrapped on a pole? What symbolizes that? What The medical profession. Am I right about it? So notice what God did in the wilderness. People were being bitten by snakes. So he wrapped this snake on a pole. Watch this. And everybody that looked on that pole got healed. 
But now he's got Hezekiah breaking it in pieces. Why? Help me. Yep. They're starting to worship the pole. That revelation's done. Now it's time for a new revelation. All right, look at a couple of scriptures. <laughs> Y'all look at that be like a calf with a new gate. Let's look, at, let's look at a couple of scriptures. Let's go over to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. 2 Peter 1, 12. 2 Peter 1, 12. You're going to be blessed. I'm, I'm going to get to it. I just got to clean you. Get the way clean first. All right, look what it says. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. 12. Mm-hmm. Wherefore, I will be, pardon me, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the what? Present truth. There's a past truth. I'm going to help you now. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 40. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 40. It used to work back there, but I was on a lower level. Now it doesn't seem to be working that, that much anymore. God having provided some better things for us. Wow. Watch this. Better revelation. Better manifestation. Folks, I'm hearing about people now standing up in, 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 in services and stood up, man, jumped up to praise God and his pants fell down. You know why? Because he just lost 60 pounds sitting there with the power of that anointing that was flowing through that church. See, faith is revelatory dependent. It, it, you, you can read, they went, this man went to an island and he saw the island, sometimes people's arms were missing and some, one of the eyes were missing and so forth. He said, what's wrong with these people? He said, well, they, 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 they read the word of God, but, but they, they have no revelation and they take it literally. And it says, if, you, if the, your eye offends you, pluck it out. And they pluck out their eyes. No revelation. I'm trying to leave IBM. God says, you know, I want you to go preach full time. So I'm trying to leave now. And every time the date would come, it looked like my bills would fall behind, you know, <laughs> so forth and so on. And so I'd set another date and set another date. All of a sudden, I heard a man teaching on seed time and harvest. And he was in Mark chapter uh, 10, verses 29 and 30. He said, no man that has left house or mother, father, lands, or IBM, I put the IBM in there, for my sake in the gospel, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. What did I do? I took the word and meditated it. I've got a book called Meditation, the Missing Link. How do God's people hear this word that the pastor might be, but are you meditating it? Because meditation is going to rapidly transform what you believe. 
So I meditated that word. What does it mean? Think about it. Ponder it. Come on, say it a couple of times. So forth and so on. Next thing I know, I'm going down University Avenue in St. Paul, Minnesota. I was the regional marketing manager for IBM and computers. I get, boom, something exploded inside. I said, whoa. And I went, pulled over, because they didn't have cell phones at that time. Pulled over. I used the phone said, baby, I'm leaving this company. She said, well, praise the Lord. Watch this. Went and told my boss, John, I'm leaving uh, IBM. He, he said, whoa, jumped up, closed the door. I said, wait a minute, Bill, what's going on? I said, I'm, I've, 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 I've got to go. He said, well, where are you going? What? He thought I was going to competition. He said, well, where are you going? <clears throat> I said, well, I got a call on my life. You got a what? I said, I got a call on my life. Bill, take two weeks off. <laughs> Why? Because he knew the economy was going down, and it was no time to quit IBM. The company had been good to me, but it was time to go. But I couldn't go without revelation. And some people are trying to get somewhere and can't see nothing. So Jesus, God said something. He said in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 14. Let's look at that. Are you getting something out of this now? Now I'm going to show you how to get what you've been trying to get maybe for a while, but you're going to get it after the night. What? What's been held back and held up is going to be released. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after Lot was separated from him, lift up now your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. And keep going. Next, next part of it. And, oh, it's down here. Okay. For all the land which you see, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. Notice what he said. All the land you see, I'm going to give it to you. Now, you know he's not talking about his natural eyes because I can't see any further than that wall right there. Come on now. But I can see with my spiritual eyes. Say amen. So all the land that I see, God's going to give it to me. Whoa, but everything I can't see, God is not going to transfer that to me. So i got to get information and turn it into revelation. And once I got revelation, faith flows like a flood. Boy, boy, man, I'll start saying things. I'll start doing things, having my way in everything that I come on because I'm walking by what? Faith and not by sight. This is your year for the breakthrough. Woo. Receive that. Receive that now. I said receive that. Now, this is why the devil doesn't want you now. He's going to fight you. Why? Because he doesn't want this thing to be planted inside of you, folks. It's hard to, to grub a stump. I mean, when you've got a seed planted, the best time to pluck that thing up is when the seed is planted. But when the roots go down in the ground, come on now, it's hard to pluck that thing up. And I'm saying that now the roots grow down, and when they start growing down, now here you are a tree. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to be like planted by the rivers of water. That's going to bring forth fruit. Hallelujah. Manifestation in every season. So here comes a man, and he comes over to preach for us. And this was when I met in Africa, a bishop. So he's preaching on a Wednesday night in, my in our church. And it's stopped preaching in the, in the middle of it and said, Pastor Winston, your airplane is in Ecclesiastes chapter 10. And went back to preaching. What do you think I did? 
I'll come over here. What do you think I did? Everything you'll ever need and desire is in that book. Watch this. And if it's not in here, you don't need it. I go down the scriptures, read Ecclesiastes chapter 10, got to verse 20. A bird of the air shall carry your voice. Now, what do you do with seed? You plant it. And how do you plant it? By speaking it into your spirit. You sleep and rise night and day, and it starts growing up first on the inside, and then you start speaking it on the outside. Isn't that what God did? Watch this. Let there be light. Now, wait a minute. Where was light before it was out there? In God. He's making you the same way. He's making you the same way. Folks, your future is not out there. It's in your heart. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. See, your future is not in my hands. It's in your heart. And God's made it so nobody can stop you from reaching your destiny but you. Oh, the man, the man. That's what people say who are ignorant of who they are. But any Christian that knows who they are, watch this. The two people that said, let us go up at once and possess it. We are well able to overcome it. How many people came against them? Approximately three million. Watch this. Could they stop them? Nobody can stop you. Well, I don't believe that. Well, you're an unbeliever. And what you need is the word of God so that you can get meditated and so that you can start believing what the Bible says. Say amen. amen. Now, you go from faith to faith. I remember one time, our first house, we went on, got a mortgage, and boom, boom, boom. Okay. But now, we don't need one. Why? Because I read the scriptures that God will give me houses full of all good things that I didn't fill. Say amen. And I said, hey, I'm going to take that how? By faith. Say by faith. By faith. Some of I say, well, don't you want to check your credit rating? No, because I don't want no credit. Credit for what? No, no. There was a time that I could believe that I just received a down payment. But now I'm believing for shopping malls, corporate jets, Bible schools all over the world, business schools. Come on. We go from faith, come on, to faith, come on, to faith, come on, come on, to faith, no end to it. I said no end to it. 
So you got the same faith I do. Watch this. We got the same faith Jesus had. People think, well, that is Jesus, you know. Jesus can do that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, let's look at that. Let's look at Mark chapter 4. How are we doing? Doing okay? Now, I came to build you up. I first had to kind of do some surgery on some folks. I can feel that. <laughs> Amen. But don't run out till you get sewed up. Praise God. Isn't this good? Both faith makes you unstoppable. Where did I tell you to turn? Okay. Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. Lord, have mercy. Mm. Verse 35. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. Whoa. Even as he was. Even as he was. Verse 37. And there arose a great storm of wind, there was, and the waves beat into the ship. It was now full. He was in the hinder part of the ship asleep, asleep on a pillow. In all that storm? I've been there. I was over Uganda one time. I, I went over there to preach. I thought we were going to preach in this big thing in, in, in uh, Kampala. And then again, and then they said, Pastor, we're going to our place. We're going to preach in the morning. We're going to leave at 6 o'clock in the morning. I said, oh, oh, we're not going to preach here in Kampala? No. I said, where are we going to preach? Well, it's about eight hours. I said, hey, oh, what? I said, where are we going? Well, it's back in the bush. Oh, Lord. I said, wait, wait a minute. Oh, hold on now. <laughs> I got back there. The hotel had four rooms. No window pane. Mosquitoes were so big they could carry your luggage to your room. <laughs> Now, I know I'm being a little facetious, but it was rough. You had to sleep under that net. You could hear him hitting that net. Man, it's serious business up in here. So now I'm just having visions of snakes coming in the room. I said, oh, Lord. I said, now what am I going to do now? What did I do? I look at the scripture, and here's what it says. God gives his beloved sleep. I meditated that until I fell asleep. Now, if I could do that for six more nights, I'll be in good shape. I'm saying there are some times that the devil tried to keep you awake, keep you up all night. But the Bible says God never sleeps or slumbers. Well, why are all y'all staying awake? Somebody need to go to sleep. Am I right about that? So we notice Jesus was asleep. They let the word go to sleep. And look what he says here. Verse 38. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they wake him and said, Master, don't you care that we're about to die? I'm putting that in my own words. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Watch this now. And he said unto them, Now why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no what? Faith. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea do what? Obey him. Watch this. Wow, Jesus, that time went by quick. <laughs> now, you got a chicken in the oven? Because you don't. Oh, oh good. Just a little bit longer. Okay, kid. I, I, come on now. I got to know what you want. Okay. Yeah. Man, I haven't gotten to the best part yet. Well, I think it's the best. 
So, okay, all right, amen. So, what manner of man is this that envy the wind and the sea obey him? All right, now let me help you with this. Whatever can be said about Jesus should also be able to be said about you. Now that's a tweet. Whatever can be said about him should be also be able to say it about you. I'm going to show you that in just a minute. We're going to do that next. What happened? What manner of man is this? If you look in the scriptures, <clears throat> you will see how Jesus referred to himself. He says in John chapter 5 and verse glory to God. John chapter, pardon me, I just want to make sure I got the scripture. John chapter 5 and verse 26. For as the Father has life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the who? Not Son of God. You see what he did? He set his Godhead ability aside. Why? Because for God to come and walk the earth and do that without a man was illegal. Why? God turned the earth over to who? Man. And he didn't take it back. So he's waiting on you. Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord. No, you ain't. I can guarantee you not waiting on him. So what am I saying here? He functioned as a man that was anointed, that had faith, and he said to them, turned to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You could have done exactly what I did. So Jesus was our sample son. He came to show you everything that first man, Adam, could do. Watch this. Walk on water. Wow. Are y'all following what I'm saying? All right. Let's go into this last part. Look at John chapter 14. Are y'all with me? How are you receiving this? By faith. Don't, don't try to filter it through some unbelief. Just receive what I'm saying. That, that's why I use scriptures. Because, you know, you can't argue with God. You can argue with me, but I'm going to just tell you what God said. Look what it said in verse 10. Believeth thou not that I'm in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he's doing the work. Wow. Jesus is saying, the Father in me is doing the work. So I speak to the storm, and who does the work? I speak to a man that's been dead four days and stinking, and who does the work? Say the Father. 
God can mean anything. Say the Father. I'm, I'm just, I'm just I, I know we say God, but let's zero in on what I'm trying to show you. See, the Father is with you. But he can't work without you. Now, there is a prophetic agenda. In other words, Jesus is going to be back whether you like it or not. But there is a way that we have to function in this earth, and God must wait on us. David said, this day the Lord shall deliver you into my hand, talking to Goliath. Watch this. Suppose he had said this. Next Tuesday, the Lord's going to deliver you into my hand. Watch this. God would have had to back off to next Tuesday. He can't violate your speech. Put something right there and look at numbers. Number chapter 14. Just, 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 just uh, something over here. No charge. Over here it says... Uh, Numbers chapter 14, watch what it says here. And look here at verse, uh, at verse 28. This is Jesus talking, God talking through Moses to these unbelievers. Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, watch this, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto you. Let's look at that same scripture in the NIV translation. Let's see what, see, see what it says. If you can put it up there in the NIV. Don't have that? No NIV. Okay. How about message? Have message? You have message. Wait a minute. Uh, let's do the NIV. Somebody over here has got the NIV. Right? You got it? Come on up here. Come on, NIV. NIV. Okay. You just gonna give me the Bible, huh? <laughs> All right, Numbers, chapter fourteen, right? And verse what? 28. And here's what he says. Verse 27. And verse, I see verse 27. Just, just a minute. Let me make sure I got 14. All right. I got 14 here. And what he says, he says this. <clears throat> so tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. So watch your mouth. That was 28. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's $100. Because it pays to have the word of God. All right. I'm going to do to you 
You might want to get the NIV. I want to do to you the very, the, the very thing I heard you say. Are y'all with me? So I got to watch my mouth. Look at one more now. Let's look at Exodus. Exodus chapter 23 and verse 20. Exodus 23 and verse 20. Isn't this good? Over in Exodus chapter 23, he says this. In verse 20. Behold, I sent an angel before you to keep you in the way. To bring you into the place which I prepared. That's a promised land. That's your promises. Whatever is in here. Beware of him now and obey his voice. Don't provoke him. Because he will not forgive you and not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. But if you shall indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I'll be an enemy to your enemies. I'll be an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel shall go before you and bring you into the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the Parasite. No, that's, not, that, that's, that's somebody's cousin. Praise God. And I will do what to them? I'll cut them off. But an angel watches your mouth. Because when you declare what God says, angels move. When you say something out of line with God's word, they cannot move on your behalf. They will sit there, cross their arms, and watch you get your head beat in. You wonder, where is God? He's in your mouth. I don't care if it looks impossible. Say what God says. Let's finish this up. Go back to John. John chapter 14. Isn't this good? Right now, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 1, 14, that you've got ministering angels with you right now. They are packed in here. You know why? They like my preaching. Yeah, they get the word too. But they're going home with you. Now let's go deeper. Jesus said, it's not me, it's the Father in me. What does he do? Now one more time, I'm going to try it again. Jesus said, it's not me, it's the Father in me. He does the work. All right, look at what it said in verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I'm going to the Father. So Jesus said, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't put this on me. What I do, you're going to be able to do. You're going to be able to do. Now, what do we see Jesus do? Cast out devils? Am I right about it? Feed the multitude? Am I still right about it? I even looked over here in Matthew's gospel, in Matthew's gospel chapter 15. And I saw here in starting at verse 29, and Jesus departed thence, and he came into the into the Sea of Galilee and went into the mountains and sat down there, and great multitudes came to him, having with them they, they that were lame and blind and dumb, and what else? Maimed, 
and many others, and they cast him down at Jesus' feet. And what did he do to them? Heal them, insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be made what? Whole. Wow. That means somebody that got their, in war, maybe got their arm blown off, or now uh, somebody who maybe is, is because of disease or something, that diabetes, they got some amputated part or somebody, so forth. It didn't make any difference. Didn't make no difference whether they had a headache or an arm missing. Jesus healed them. Watch this. Then said in red that what he did, you're going to do too. And the reason why you can do it is because it's not you. It's the Father in you. He's going to do the work. Say amen to that. Now look how Jesus announced his ministry. He's announcing new ownership. Praise God. He said in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty in the bruise, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, set out. And then the eyes of all them in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began to say, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Wow. Now that started to upset some of them religious leaders. They started to say, now who is he saying he is? The Messiah? Yeah. Yeah. Are you with me? Now why am I saying this? Because Jesus just told you, I didn't do it. The Father in me, he did the work. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has what? Anointed me. Anointing. God's burden removing. Yoke destroying. Power. Watch this. God's power on human flesh to do what only God can do. The anointing is for performance. Here is David. And here comes David, and Samuel is coming to David's house, and he's been sent there to pour some oil on somebody. What does this oil symbolize? The anointing. Say the anointing. the anointing. So he comes to his house, and they, he said, Jesse, I came to anoint somebody here. And he says, I know you have some sons. He said, oh, yeah, they, they just came in from the health club. Y'all boys, y'all come on by here and let him see y'all. And they came by, you know, flexing muscles, kind of like, kind of like me. Don't hate, don't hate, participate. And, uh, and the next thing you know, he said, these are not they. Watch this. Do you have one more? It's interesting how God doesn't answer until you ask. Sometimes you got to pray about what to ask. And so what happened? Yeah, I got one more out there. He's, he's just 16, 17 years old. He's out there keeping sheep. Plus the fact he's a guitar player. 
oh, well, bring him on in here. He comes in there, you know. Guitar players sometimes kind of weird. And, <laughs> hey, hey, what's going on, Sam? Hey, give me something, give me something. What, what, what up, what up, what up? He said, this is he. And the, and the brothers, I could tell. What? Why? Because they thought they were all that. But here's the deal. If you don't do the work, you don't have to be all that. <laughs> Got it? And so what happened? He poured that oil on his head, and he was anointed from that day forward. Look at verse 14. And the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, who was anointed the same way. Notice God put it on him, one, and took it off of another. Check it out. In the New Testament, he's going to put it on you. Watch this. And he said, I'll be with you forever. That anointing won't leave you. Watch this. Use it, and it'll increase. Don't, and it'll decrease. But it'll never leave you. Now, what is that anointing going to do for you? It's going to distinguish you. <laughs> it's going to make you what God spoke to Abraham. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. And you will be a blessing. Say amen to that. And if you look it up in the Amplified, he says, I'm going to make your name famous and distinguish. I came to the city of Chicago with $200, no place to stay. A dear sister opened a home to old Bill Winston and his family and opened a home to him. But today, because of the anointing, my name is spoken of all over the world. No respect of persons. What he did for me You are somebody. Praise God. When people Google you, they're going to find you at the top of the ladder. Top of your industry. Top of your company. Top of the education system. Top of the media system. You didn't come here to take sides. You came to take over. Praise God. This is it. I said this is it. Now, let me just show you one more thing. Let's go to 2 um, Kings chapter 2. Let's go over there. Are you getting something out of this? You see why I told you? I don't have to have but one shot at you. You'll never be the same. Because you're going home tonight. Watch this. With some confidence in what's inside of you. And greater is he. Come on, come on that is in me, come on, than anything that can come against me. You can solve any problem. Don't say I don't have the answer to that. Say I'll get the answer for you. Because when you say you don't have it, God stops working. Watch your mouth. David said, God put a watch over my mouth. Verse 12. This is when Elisha 
was working for his prophet Elijah. But Elijah was now about to be taken up by God to heaven. Now here's the deal. He was taken up by God. See, we say sometimes, you know, when people die, the Lord took him. Well, look in the scriptures, because anybody God took, he took alive. <laughs> he, he took Enoch, he took this man, and he took Jesus. All right, look what happened. So he said, hey, I'm about to be taken. He said, I heard you've been, God spoke to me, or he discerned that you, God is about to take you up. He said, well, just stay here. He said, no, no, I'm not going to stay here. He said, well, what do you want from me? And here's what the young prophet said. I want a double portion of what you got. He said, if you see me when I'm taken, it'll happen. So what happened? He followed him, and then God came down with a heavenly chariot or swept him and took Elijah away, and here's Elisha standing there. But the mantle dropped. Boom. What, what was on him? Boom dropped on the floor. The next thing you know, he took that mantle and split it. Then he went over to the waters and hit the waters and this is what he said. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And those waters split. Miracle. Why? Because it wasn't Elijah that was doing it. It was God. It was that anointing that was doing the work. Say amen to that. You got that same miracle anointing on you. Say amen to that. It's not only for you to lay hands on the sick as a believer in Jesus' name and they shall recover, but it's also for you that if you're working in a company, God's going to give you ideas. Come on. He's going to give you understanding. He's going to give you wisdom that you never had. One more place. Job. Now here's Job. And Job was an upright man. The Bible said so. But then his kids acting crazy. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> my, mother, my mother used to say, boy, do it again and I'm going to kill you. Do it, just do it one more time, you know. Okay, but anyway, so, uh, so here is Job. And watch what happened. So Job now is attacked by the devil. Devil wipes him out. Took his business, took everything. But now the devil's coming after him. Going to kill him. Here's what God said. This is Job. And Job chapter 2. So went out Satan, Job chapter 2, pardon me, and verse 7, and verse 7. So went out Satan from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot to his crown. Check it out, next verse. And he took him a pot shirt and scraped himself with it. And he sat down among the ashes. Next verse. The, listen at his loving wife. 
then said his wife unto him, do you still retain your integrity? That was probably his problem all the time. Your integrity. <laughs> why, why don't you curse God, come on, and die? My friends, when your friend falls into hard times, encourage him. Oh, she probably deserve it. Well, you do too. It's not right. So somebody said the church are the only folks who shoot their wounded. But anyway, but here's the deal. But I didn't say that, so I canceled it. All right, so now, now he's, he's in trouble. Look at verse 12. And when they lifted up their voice, now these are friends who came to Job. They lifted up of their eyes, pardon me, afar off, and knew him not. Wow. I want to look at that same verse. <clears throat> you got the New Living Translation or something? You have that? You do? You don't have it? You do have that? Oh, you're going to get it. <laughs> okay, you're going to get that. You, oh, you're, she, she, she's bouncing hers up. She no money. She no money is in it now. The money's in the picture. She's bouncing. Up. <laughs> Let me just tell you what it said. They said that he looked so bad they didn't recognize him. Look at Isaiah chapter 52. I'm going, I'm closing. Isaiah chapter 52. Watch this. Isaiah chapter 52, and look what it says here in verse 14. And as many as astonish at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man. One more time. Somebody was so bad off until they didn't look like a man. Who do you think they're talking about here? Jesus. But you look at the 42nd chapter of Job, he got totally healed. Watch this, and got twice what he had before. Watch Jesus. So he gets beat took his body, put it in a tomb. He went down to hell three days and three nights, paid your price and mine. And when, the, when, the, when God saw, the God of the universe saw that the price was paid for humanity, he said something, get him up! Now look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. Check this out. And he said this. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also, come on, say it, quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. Your body was originally designed to repair itself. 
See, we can believe that when it's scratched. But he's talking about when an organ goes bad. A new organ gets formed. Oh, Jesus. Come on now. Why? Because that anointing is going to keep you healthy. Jesus went back through that tomb, watch this, slipped on that body. That's why when they came to look for the body, he was gone. But when he came to Peter and the disciples, he said, handle me, boys. He said, put your finger in the hole to my hand and put your hand into my side and don't be faithless, but believe. What was he saying? I'm the same one that you saw that didn't hardly look like a man. But look what the anointing will do. Are y'all with me? Folks, if you remember Gideon, God came to Gideon and said, Hello there, my mighty man of valor. Gideon said, Who, me? He began to give excuses. He said, my family is poor. So forth and so on. I'm the least in my tribe or whatever. God anointed him. And he anointed Gideon, and Gideon ended up leading an army. Watch this. He picked 33,000 at first. God said, you got too many for me. Watch this. You got too many for the anointing to work. He got down to 10,000. God said, you still got too many. Now, what did he do next? He ended up with how many? 300. Did he defeat the enemy? One man came from Nicaragua and preached at our church. Here's what he said. You people in America, your resources have become your stumbling block. He said, because you can borrow money so quickly, you don't give the anointing chance to get it for you. Why? No confidence in what's in you. Here's what Paul said in Philippians 4, 19. But my God shall supply, come on, all your need according to his riches in glory. By who? Christ. Say Christ. That is not Jesus' last name. It means the anointed one and his anointing. So from now on, I want you to know that whatever situation you get into, you win. Any believer that will not fear will always triumph. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Did you get something out of this? Give the Lord a praise and thanksgiving. All right, before you move, I want to do something. Like I said, I started out with 200 bucks. That's $200 in Chicago, you are hurting. But look at me now. 
never manipulated anybody, never did anything but trust in God. Now, as a result of this, what God did for Bill Winston, he's ready to do for you. Now, let me tell you where this started. I was in IBM, and I'd just come out of military. I was flying fighters. I flew fighters for years for the military. And I was a hotshot fighter pilot. I'd gotten accommodations and awards. So I had a lot of confidence in me. But I came to IBM, and they computer sales, they hired me, and then I started trying to sell, but nothing would happen. First month, because when they put you on quota, they cut your salary in half. Things got tight at the house. Next month, sold nothing. Now, I'd never fail like this. And I was smelling failure. And so I owed everybody everything. Oh, I was acting like nothing was wrong. But I was tipping in the bathroom, drinking Maalox, trying to keep my stomach somewhere near settled. And one night I went to a party, stayed out, 2 o'clock in the morning, came back to my apartment by myself, downtown Chicago. I put my head on the pillow. And tears began to roll down my face. I said, Lord, would you please help me? I remember a scripture that said, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, that night I called on him and about three, four days later, a lady who was working in word processing on the same floor I was on. She came and said, hey, Bill, you want to go with me tonight? Well, she was single. I was single. She looked good. I said, yeah. <laughs> so she took me and picked her up, took me up north side of Chicago, pulled up in a schoolyard, went in the back door of the auditorium, Kind of like this right here. And I thought we was going to get down. <laughs> but I saw everybody's hands lifted up. I said, whoa, whoa. And a guy saw me. He ran and hugged me and said, God loves you, brother. That night, I gave my heart to the Lord. And it seemed like the world lifted up off my shoulder. You see, we were not meant to be here without our Father. People try to take vacations and relationships and so forth, but God has reserved a place in every one of us for himself. And without it, no matter how much money you got, whatever, you feel the emptiness. Tonight, 
I want to call somebody to come home. You've been out there too long. You've been trying to do it yourself. It ain't getting no better. Things out there are getting worse. But tonight, you can be like I was. Come on. I'll pray for you the same prayer they prayed for me. Simple prayer. And that simple prayer, God hears it. The Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. And it's not of works, lest any of us would boast. So as I pray for you tonight, you're going to see a shift in your life. Things are going to change. Now, I'm not asking you to join this church. You can do that tonight because you need a church. But if you want to go somewhere else, we'll send you there. But tonight, we want to bring you into the kingdom. I came to bring a message and get you into the kingdom bring you into the family of God. Oh, I know some of us been faking it. I was brought up in Tuskegee, Alabama. I'm telling you, I was, I had gone to all kinds of things and services and so forth. But just cause you stand in a stall don't make you a horse. You gotta be born again. Now here's what I wanna do. I don't want a single person to leave here without this anointing, this power, this Jesus coming from heaven to live in you. That's the miracle. It's the greatest miracle in the Bible. So here's what I want to do. Watch this. And I want you to be bold. I want you to help me shame the devil because he thinks you're not going to move. As a matter of fact, he's betting that you won't move. Whoever it is, no matter who it is, and you know that you're not right with God, I want you to do one thing, boldly. Get up on your feet by faith and come up here and stand right there in front with me. Come on, both sides. Come on, come on, come on, boldly. Come on down, come on down. Come on, boldly, come on down. Get up on your feet. Come on, stand with me right here. Right here. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Come on. That's not all. That's not all. Come on. Come on. Admit it. Admit it. Come on. Don't, don't you leave here without this. Come on. This is your day. This is your night. Come on. Things ain't going to never be the same in your life. Come on. What he did for BW, he's going to do for you. Come on. We break in the power of every devil spirit that's got you in his crosshairs. Come on, this is your day. Come on, don't be ashamed of him. He's not ashamed of you. He hung on that cross because of you. You come just like you are. This is your night for a miracle. Come on, this is it. This is it. All right. I'm gonna make the second call. This call is for people who didn't come on the first call be, 
because you may be in another category. You've been born again, but you are backslidden. You're living like you were never saved in your life. You can't smoke that much reefer and still be in the kingdom. So I'm telling you right now, whoever that is, come on, help me shame the devil. Get up out of your chair. Don't care what the devil thinks. Don't care what nobody thinks. Don't care what people say. Come on, don't care nothing about it. Come on, you out of line with God? Get up out of your chair. Break the power of the devil and come on up here and get this thing that God's got for you because this is going to be your night. One more time. This is the last call. Maybe the last call you'll ever hear in your life. I hope it's not, but it may be. Because if you're not saved out there, it's not certain. Whoever that is that was too proud to come on the first or second call, pride is what got the devil kicked out of heaven. One more call. Whoever it is, I break the power of pride over your life. In the name of Jesus, you get up out of that chair. Come on down here and stand with me right here at this altar. Come on, that's not all. That's not all. That's not all. I got four more people. Come on, I got four more. Get up out of your chair. Come on, I'm calling your number. Get up out of your chair. God's got something good for you. Can't force you to come. Can't force you. Because that's not what it's all about. He said, whosoever will, let him come. One more call. If you didn't come and you know you should be here, slide out in the aisle and come on down here and stand with me right here. Anyone? Any last person? Anyone? Last call. All right. For those who came, I'm going to pray for you. Lift your right hand up to heaven for me, please. And repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I come to you now just as I am. You know my life. You know how I've lived. Forgive me, Lord. I repent of my sins. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins. On the third day, He was raised from the dead. Lord Jesus, I'm asking you, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I thank you. I receive it now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now give yourself a hand clap. Pastor, would you come on, please? God bless you. God bless you.